If you are a multi-passionate girl boss who wants to create, write, teach, learn, connect, and take time for herself and her family and friends, you are listening to the right pod. Hi, I'm Lauren Jean, your go-to podcast resource girl and self and business development freak. I love everything related to development as well as focusing on self-confidence, letting go of control, and following your intuition. All right, let's get down to the good stuff. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. You can get a copy of a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash The Lauren Jean Show. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from and you can get them for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, your MP3 player. However you choose to listen, this is a great opportunity because me as a podcast host and a junkie, I love to listen to other shows, I also can really appreciate the audiobook because I can listen to it on the go. It's great to listen to while I'm working or while I'm walking or while I'm just outside. I can just put it on and listen and it's just, it's great to have that because I love consuming audio. I really find it to be super, super helpful to me. So I can get everything that I want to listen to while I can do other things as well. And in this day of being super busy, right, these are the kinds of things that really help us get everything done. So I just want to tell you a couple of the books that I have downloaded since using this service really loving it. I have gotten Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Dr. Joe Dispenza, and that is the book I'm actually using to do all these studies for, for the upcoming shows in August that are going to be on quantum mechanics and kind of goes along with uh, mindfulness and how you can change your life. So that's the first book that I got. The second one is actually by today's guest. His name is J.P. Sears. He is a riot and he's got a recent book called How to Be Ultra Spiritual and it's 12 and a half steps. Yeah, 12 and a half steps. We're going to go into his book and we just had a wonderful chat. It was nice to talk to him face to face and actually see him because you know what? He is a real funny person and how you see him in his videos and how you read his book is exactly his personality. He is a riot. You can just talk to him. I was super comfortable with him and I really, really had a lot of fun. But before we get into that interview, I just want to tell you the last book that I downloaded from audible.com and it is You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero and I read her first book, You Are a Badass and it was amazing and to see that she came out with another book along the same lines, you know, branding is the same and it's just, I can't wait to get into it so I will share that book once I get into it but you know, go out to go to Audible and check out the books that you have and you can get your subscription and then you get a credit each month so you can get a free book and it's totally worth it. It really is totally worth it. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, do I really want to become a member? But it's just so paying off. So I really suggest that you try it. At least go over there and get the free book and give it a shot. But without any further ado, let's get right into the interview with J.P. Sears. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Lauren Jean Show. I have a very special guest on here today, whom you probably know of. His name is JP Sears. He is a riot. I will just start with that. JP is an emotional healing coach, YouTuber, author, international teacher, speaker at events, world traveler, and curious student of life. His work empowers people to live more meaningful lives. JP is the author of the new book, How to Be Ultra Spiritual. And he is very active with his online videos, which I do share a lot, where he encourages healing and growth through his humorous and entertainingly informative videos, including his hit ultra spiritual comedy series, which he has accumulated over 100 million views. You can learn more about JP and his work at awakenwithjp.com. He is also all over social media. You can find him on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat, all at awakenwithjp. So without any further ado, let's bring him in and let's, let's get chatting. I want to get to know you, JP, as well as talk about your new book that before we got on, I was telling you how amazing it was and also confusing to listen to it. So I'm going to have to get that print version. So let's get into a little bit of background info, info on you. I did listen to a bunch of other podcasts and I did get some background info. So I think that's definitely important to go over so that people can get to understand you before the crazy wacky humor that you bring into this world. So go for it. Just share whatever you feel like sharing with us. Yes. Well, as a kid, I was really good at the monkey bars. I feel that's relevant and set the metaphoric precedence for my whole life. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, my professional background is as an emotional healing coach, where for the past 15 years, I've worked with people one-on-one -on -one as well as retreats, workshops, things like that, where I'm helping people help themselves overcome their uh, stuck pain, self-sabotage, and uh, essentially help, helping them help themselves bring more meaning into their lives through stepping deeper into their hearts. And uh, about two and a half years ago, I started making comedy videos as an uh, addition to my YouTube channel where I had been sharing just straightforward, sincere life advice that's pretty boring, but hopefully pretty informative. And and I went through a, a, a rite of passage, really, where I gave myself permission to let my humor come out professionally. And I, I thought that would be bad for business. That's why it took me so long. However, it's sort of like, wow, I can't keep betraying myself any longer. So even though I think it's not going to be a good thing, uh, I've got to do it. Kind of like the creative inspirations. Ah, I need to share my perspectives through my humor. So that's what I did. And it turned out I was dead wrong. It, it's, it was really good for business uh, and opened up the, the comedy, opened up more doors and opportunities than I could have ever imagined. I mean, it not only got my client's schedule more full than I can handle, but, you know, I think it was about six months ago, I finally had to give up my whole client practice, which was a, the client practice was a great thing, but I, I was called to give it up in, in order to embrace things are, that are greater for me now. So there's been a whole avalanche of 
wonder that's happened for me after giving myself permission to be more true to me and letting letting my comedy come out and uh you know and just to be real i i'm i'm not just a comedian that's the the comedian is a part of me it's one of the parts that helps make the whole of me yeah absolutely i hear you about really having to let your own personality out I've struggled with the same kind of thing because I have a very soft, relaxed personality. At the same time, I love to dance around in my room and, yeah. you know, yell and scream. And I like to listen to like Enya and then like some heavy metal. So I'm like, all right, well, how do I combine these two? And how do I pick one? But the thing is, no, you don't pick one. You just go with that's That's who you are. That's why people love your personality and they really get, you know, get to be on your side and they just love you who you are. Yeah, it, I, I love that idea of looking at the aspects of our personality, the parts of ourself and realizing like what a liberation to say, like, I don't have to pick one. These things aren't mutually exclusive. I can say yes to all of them. And my experience is at different times, one might be more active than another. Like if I'm making a comedy video, my comedic self is more active in that moment than you know, my sincere self, my intimate self, my uh, shy self, my vulnerable self, you know, it might be taking up 90% of my conscious bandwidth. And then when I'm talking with my girlfriend, it might be like, wow, now it's 90% my, my intimate self. So yeah, I think that's a great lesson you mentioned. You don't have to pick one. And, and I think that that allows us to be very dynamic where I think it's just like our, our bodies. Like we say, hopefully, we say yes to the whole thing. We don't look at our legs and our arms and like, okay, which ones am I going to cut off and <laughs> say no to? All right, I'll cut my arms off and I'll say yes to my legs because I want to go running. It's like, no, like let's let our whole body be there. But if we're going out running, yes, our legs will be more active then. And then if we're sitting on our computer using our fingers, okay, now my fingers are more active. But I think being able to be dynamic, it, it it lets life be richer. But when we try to be static and super predictable all the time so that we can have this delusional sense of control, not that we're ever in control, but we love to be you know, delusional enough to believe we're in control, you know, then we, we try to be mutually exclusive. I will be one thing so I can feel in control and life will be predictable. It's, uh, we're many things. I think we're more things than we know of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of boring to just be one or the other. For I really, sure. I really feel like there's still a lot of people out there trying to figure that out. And by me doing this show and sharing both sides of my personality, because, you know, one, one show I might say a lot of, you know, bad words and the other shows kind of straightforward information. And, you know, it depends on the topic. It depends if I have a guest. Yeah depends on you know the music that I might have listened to before or experiences that I had I kind of just I let it flow out naturally and whatever happens happens but like you said sometimes you need to be more serious although I don't really like to ever be serious there'll be parts (laughs) yeah you know I on the uh, I have a serious thought about the word serious I too don't like to be serious Uh, really yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just anything else earth shattering I should tell you I got red hair I think uh, I think the word sincerity being sincere is 
uh, just this on the airy fair. I think that's a higher vibrational place to be. Uh, my, what serious means to me is constricting, hypervigilant, controlling, a need for your certainty. So to me, being serious, it comes from a very fear-based mindset. Yet I think being sincere means, okay, I, I might not be joking around, which is great if, you're, if I'm always joking around, it means I'm manic, I have a personality disorder. But there's times when I want to be very sincere but being sincere means I can be in a state of surrender, openness, whereas seriousness, it's constricted, it's closed down, and it, it creates disconnection in my experience, where sincerity creates connection. So if I go to a funeral, like, I'm not going to be making jokes. Hopefully, I can be very sincere rather than serious or joking around. And if I'm having a, you know, a, a a heartfelt conversation with my girlfriend. I don't want to deflect from intimacy with uh, humor. So I want to be very sincere. So I'm doing my best to not only wipe serious out of my vocabulary, but more importantly, trying to wipe it out of my uh, uh, mindset and way of being. I guess I, I'm probably taking it too seriously. <laughs> trying to not be serious I'm taking that too seriously it sounds Damn it, they got me this is the Illuminati Damn. <laughs> so you said that you're not doing the private coaching anymore obviously you've you know just been exploding with stuff so now tell me what exactly is it that you're doing is it are you just making the videos like what is going on in JP's life right now besides the book that we'll yeah. get into so I watch nine hours of soap operas every day and then three hours of news because I hate to feel peaceful. So I want to like worry about things severely. So I make sure at least a few hours of news in the. So that you can be serious. Absolutely. There's nothing good happening in the world and there's no hope. That's important. So we can <laughs> have world peace. Yeah. So there's uh yeah, my, my, my life, my daily tasks, it's a collection of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, it's an eclectic connect collection. I don't know what eclectic means, but it just felt good to use that word. So, uh, you know, I'm scripting videos, making videos, and by no means is that all I do. It's like, I, I ideally, I'm making one video a week. So that's, maybe add it all up like a, a full day's work on video, you know, kind of spread out over a couple days. I'm, I'm doing a ton of uh, interviews as a way of like, one, I, I really enjoy it. And it's also a nice way to hopefully give something. And it's also a nice way, hidden agendas exposed of uh, uh, me getting more exposure. And, you know, I sort of am my business. So, uh, getting my business more exposure. Uh, let's. What the hell else do I do? I've got. I've been doing <laughs> for the past uh, couple months or a few months maybe since uh, my book was released. I've been doing a lot of book touring, putting on shows, using the book as an excuse to put on shows where I'm doing stand-up comedy, stand-up authenticity, uh, speaking at other events. I've got a second leg of my book tour starting tomorrow, I think. And so ton of travel. And then on top of that, my management, they're planning a more formal comedy tour for this, um, this 
uh, late fall. And then my book publisher sounds true. We've got more projects in the works. I've got a meeting on our next project. It'll be a video project uh, that uh, meetings today. So uh, yeah, what, and then I, like, I try to take care of myself too. You have time for that? <laughs> I tell myself I have time. It sounds like you had more time before you were doing the comedy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I think I did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But you like to take care of yourself less and do more comedy, it sounds like. Absolutely. I think self-deprecation and neglect is a powerful way to build health. And then I will say, Lauren Jean, because I think <laughs> we juice like another hour's worth of answer out of this one question. <laughs> I... Uh, as of January, I'm in a, a new relationship with my beautiful girlfriend, Amber, and it's so clear to me to prioritize our relationship. So there is time devoted to that relationship uh, on a daily basis. As in, like, I'm always devoted to it, but time in the sense of like, we are prioritizing our company with each other right now. And uh, and my uh, lovely lady, she's very purpose-driven, owns her own business, runs retreats. And so she she's very much working hard, too. So we're so compatible. So like a couple nights ago, we were both up to like one in the morning doing our work stuff, which also feels like play. Uh, so that makes it easy for us to prioritize each other. We understand like sometimes like we're going to be working super long hours and other times it's much more fluid to have quote unquote free time with each other. I think I'm done rambling about that question. <laughs> that was a great answer though. Definitely a great answer. <laughs> Thank you for that validation. I was so insecure that it might not have been great. Yes. Yes. I, I was, I love I'm it. actually so blacked out. I was so insecure <laughs> and shameful about myself. And trying to be too serious all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into your book because like I said, I have the audio version. I really need to get the print version because trying to listen to you, I don't want to say ramble, but it almost sounded like rambling when I was listening to it <laughs> with you repeating the same words over and over. And maybe you can give an example because I can't think of an example because I was so confused listening to it. Yeah. Um, but like, wow. I like you're, you're really selling the audio, but <laughs> okay, JP, you were rambling. It's confusing. It's so crappy. I'm not gonna listen to it. I was actually laughing. I was laughing, you know, when I was understanding it because I had to go back and listen. But when I actually listened to it, everything that you said made sense. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hope so. It'd be weird. Like, no, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, and, and I, all kidding aside, serious now, I, I totally get what you're saying with the confusing, uh, uh, confusing parts. The, the way I wrote the book, and oftentimes the way I speak in videos, it's very paradoxical, where I'm, I'm doing my best to turn common beliefs uh, into themselves so that they can essentially implode so that we can go beyond those common beliefs. And one of the uh, aspects of a paradox is it's confusing. It's part of its nature. And in my opinion, confusion is a, a very powerful step to growth because it means we're, we're, we're letting go of the certainty of some kind of belief 
and now our mind is searching for something more true to believe, but the space in between the old and the new, that's called confusion. It's a, it's a mysterious place to be. So that's one of the reasons why I, I use a lot of uh, paradoxes, because it creates the separation between something old and something newer for us, and confusion is a, a consequence of that. So I absolutely love it. Uh, and in, by the way, if I was just a terrible writer and it's like, this is so incoherent that it's confusing, <laughs> we'll use this rationalization, but now I'm just coming from the point of view that says, no, I'm so intentional and mindful as a writer. Of course, there's going to be parts that are confusing. I love that though, because like, I've always questioned things in my mind. Cause I do have this, this personality that's, that's very much out there. I'm always seen as like the black sheep everywhere I go. And I do love it because I'm always questioning everything in my mind and I'm really looking into deeper things now. And I'm even um, studying, I started studying quantum physics because I'm just so... Talk about confusing. Yeah, really. So I can, I'll probably start to understand you better now that I'm studying this. (laughs) I've always questioned so many things that happen and I was never the one to come out and say it. And I feel like you're that person who's actually coming out and putting it in people's faces mm-hmm. and to actually see that happen. And for me to watch it, watch you do all this stuff. I was like, it's just so in line with everything that I believe. And that's why I really felt inclined to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the fact that you have the humor to go with it. I was just telling myself, I have to get this book. Like this book is just calling to me because everything about it is totally what I believe needs to be out there to sort of, you know, make the world more humorous and have people laugh about themselves and other things because we all have these beliefs and they're true. But to hear them from a humorous point of view, that's what makes it so powerful. Definitely makes it so much more powerful. Yeah, well, well, thank you. I, I think humor allows a deeper message to go in for consideration rather than when things are spoken to us, you know, the same message spoken to us in a straightforward, direct way, like, you know, screw it. We're all humans. We're going to get psychologically defensive. Even if we don't act defensive, a lot of times just our psyche, it puts up a wall. It's like, yeah, I don't want to believe anything new because then I'd have to reorient my mindset and I'd lose my, my center of gravity, my sense of, uh, control over the world so there's I think there's a part of us that craves let's learn something new and grow and expand and then there's a fear-based part of us that says let's not so we can feel safe instead of um, uh, expansive and I love your your question everything I, there's probably a lot of wise people throughout the ages have said you know the path to enlightenment is to question everything and Maybe we can even question, should we question everything? That probably deserves to be questioned too. And, and I think questioning everything from a, a heart set of curiosity rather than interrogating. You know, Questions can be used as a way of intimidating people and discounting the matter that we're actually questioning. But if we can truly come from a curious place, like our world expands. They say curiosity killed the cat. Screw the cat. I think it enlivens the human heart and soul. I think the mind's need for certainty is what cages who we really are. 
but the heart's desire for curiosity, I think, sets us free. Yeah, it definitely sets us free. And it it really does force you to think about the whys of certain things. And it is scary. It's scary as hell to start thinking differently, to, you know, open your mind to that, to something that's unknown, to something that's just, you know, like you said, unsafe or out of control. And I do a lot of things now where I just let go of control. I used to be very much a control freak. And since my divorce, I kind of just threw everything up in the air. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to care what anyone says. And that's hard to do. And it took years. Still working on it. But it just feels so much better. And that's why I think I'm just kind of out there. And a lot of my daughter's friends, parents, they look at me. But they tell me that they really appreciate everything. Because my daughter and I have such a strong bond because I am instilling my beliefs into her, not pushing them, but I want her to know I don't hide things. I don't try to cover things up. And, you know, sometimes she might hear me say a word that, you know, a little kid's not supposed to hear and she covers her ears and I'm like, it's okay. You're not out there saying it to your friends, but you know that it exists. And when you hear it from somewhere else, I don't want you to be scared. So teaching the kids the same thing because I feel like I was very much protected as a child and to learn these things when you're a child so that you can make your own decisions about things Mm. is really important for me and I think that's why I have such a strong bond with my daughter and she feels like she's my best friend because I can share that with her so I don't want her to be afraid of what life is about to throw her when she gets older. I love that. And to me, your message of let go of control, that if, if we were oversimplifying it, and maybe it deserves to be oversimplified, I would dare say the single most ingredient for a good quality of life is letting go of control. I think the more we control, the more we resist what life is, what we are, uh, 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 rather than allowing it to be. Uh, we're trying to make things something they're not. Uh, and I think control always creates disconnection between us and other people and between us and ourselves. So being able to be more in a mindset of surrender and acceptance, that to me is what gives us a quality of life, a good quality of life. And... I would dare say you said it well when you said it's hard, you know, I, and I get the people pleasing thing about not caring what other people think. Like those words are so easy to say, but to actually embody that and, and not act in a way where we're trying to manipulate what people think of us, even though honestly, we still do care. Like that's fire we have to go through. Yet, if we don't go through it, then it means we're always going to be acting out this horrible control drama where we're trying to manage how people experience us. Like, wow, enjoy that exhausting life. <laughs> enjoy your unwillingness to ever be yourself because you're always trying to be what you think other people want you to be. But being having the courage to say, you know what, I'm going to do me today. And it will be scary because my mind will run rampant stories about what this person will think of me and I'll have a 
fearful reaction, might even feel shame like I'm not good enough. But if we can honor ourselves and go forward anyway, rather than dishonoring ourselves for the sake of avoiding those emotions, we never present ourselves, we just prevent what we think is going to make people like us. That's, uh, that's a trap, in my opinion. It's a seductive trap because it's comfortable and it feels very hollow and meaningless after we've done it for too long, in my opinion. Yes. Yes, I did it for way too long. And I just want to add one more thing onto this, not to extend this conversation, but I really feel like the, the main key, the main point that got me to get out of that was just being aware of every time I was doing it. Mm. Every time that I would do something to make someone else happy that made me feel pretty shitty, I would just tell myself that. And just making that a habit of the awareness is really important. I agree 100%. What I heard you say is the worst form of self-betrayal is when we betray ourselves and don't even know it. It means we're going to keep doing it and suffering the consequences. But there's a, a wise man and a wise woman named Lauren Jean who just echoed what the wise man named Ram Das once said, which is, you can't get out of a jail you don't know you're in. The yeah. awareness to know what is the jail that I... Uh, uh, construct around thyself because we all construct jails and the the scary thing is the bars are made out of invisible material so we're in the damn thing but we don't see it so we've got to feel around and become aware of like okay what is the jail that I put around myself we don't need to be victims and say well I have to do this for people like me this is the way my parents are no we we can be self-responsible instead of the victim yeah, because when you're the victim, it's very hard to get out of that victimized state. Yeah. And that just sucks. And, uh, <laughs> to me, the victimized state is where we, we get a sense of power through being powerless. And it is, yes. we're, we're, as a victim, we're really good at uh, dwelling on how bad it is. We're maybe really good at asking for help and really good at resisting help so we can prove how helpless we are so that we can prove we're a victim so that we can prove we're powerless so that we can feel a fleeting sense of power because we are so in control of how powerless we are yes <laughs> I, yeah i think we all deserve better than being a victim and back to the doctrine of uh, your awareness so many of us are act out with the energy and the patterns of a victim and first most powerful step is become aware of it like mm -hmm. what, when do we catch ourselves on the phone with a friend or a conversation just talking about like how bad things are what did they do to me now what what is trump doing to me now what is the government doing to me what did my family do to me what's my employer doing to me i just notice like how much are we playing the role of a victim and it's like let's not shame ourselves and victimize ourselves for being a victim. Let's become aware of it and hopefully understand and have compassion for it. And maybe we'll still do it, but at least we'll be aware of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, the awareness and everything you just said, absolutely. It's just be done with it. Why be miserable? Why be miserable? But um, Good, curious question. Yeah. Think about it. Do we need to think about it? Does it make sense? <laughs> yeah, I would dare say it probably doesn't make logical sense. 
but I think there's probably an emotional premise rather than a logical premise why some of us wiggle into the unconscious patterns of being the victim or the controlling people pleaser or the controlling people displeaser if we're defiant. Yeah, it could go either way. Mm. Either way. All right, cool. Well, I have three questions for you before we end, and this could be quick answers. They don't have to go into detail. Just three things that I think people might want to know about you. I'll, I'll do 25 minutes on each answer just because <laughs> I want to be defiant to the quick answer thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in control, not you, Lauren Jean. <laughs> All right. So the first thing is something we'd be surprised to know about you. Uh, you know, what comes to my mind is when I was 17, I did a teenage bodybuilding competition. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yes, that's something I didn't know about you. Okay, next one. Something you're currently struggling with. Yes, so a big time struggle, not being, uh, not worshiping the part of me that gets its emotional needs met by being productive. So said in a slightly more elegant way, this struggle that I'm working on, I think having some success with far from perfect, the struggle is not taking manic action, not taking inaction, but taking heart alignment action. It's very easy for me to be manically active all day so that I feel this codependent sense of I'm productive, therefore like my father would approve or whatever. And there is so much of that manic action that's, you know, if it seems important, like I have all the stories in my head, like why this is important, but is it aligned with my heart? Not what my head says I need to do in order to be worthy in this world, but what's aligned with my heart. So listening to my heart, taking heart alignment action and letting non-heart alignment action uh, fall away is it's a struggle and it's a damn meaningful struggle. It's worth the challenge for me. Yes. And you know how you start with that? Awareness. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. Why am I being manic active, making these things that are not a priority, a priority, Yes, but I, I definitely, I can definitely align with that answer. <laughs> all right. And next, I'm glad I'm not the only dysfunctional one on this line. No, not at all. I think I really believe that the whole world is dysfunctional in that way. Yeah, yeah. And I think awareness of our dysfunction is paradoxically what makes us more functional. <laughs> I think our, our dysfunction holds the very seed of function. We, we just have to become aware of it and not be so self-identified with it and not be so controlled by it. Awareness is what allows the seed to germinate into something greater than what just the seed is, but we get what's inside the seed, which is maybe functionality hidden inside the hard shell of dysfunctionality. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Thank you. I'm just reading off the script you sent me, Lauren Jean. Okay, good. I'm glad it got to you in time. Okay. All right. The last question is, what is your favorite bad thing to do? Mm, mm, favorite bad thing. You know, I'm not going to 
make any criminals or convicts happy on this because it's probably not. (laughs) But I'm going to go with drinking more coffee than my body wants to have. I like, I I enjoy the taste of coffee and uh, I, I also get an emotional comfort from it in a, like a completely dysfunctional way, like just mm, sort of self-medication uh, kind of thing. So, yeah, I would say drinking coffee is my favorite bad thing to do, even though my, my body and my mind pay a bit of a price. I mean, it's not catastrophic, but it's palpable. Like I'll feel just a little too amped up and physiologically stressed in my body and my mind feels a little, little less tranquil. So you're not aligned with it in your heart. No, but I love to manically drink too much coffee. (laughs) My heart is very aligned with not being aligned with it. If I need to justify myself. As long as that, because that's your struggle. So that you're working on currently. Yeah, you know, uh, strength comes from struggle. So I feel like if I didn't struggle with this, I wouldn't be making myself stronger. So I think it's a good idea to use that as a huge excuse for drinking more coffee than I should. Well, it sounds like a damn good excuse. I definitely like that. Yeah, I've worked hard on creating an excuse that I would actually believe. (laughs) Well, it's a good one. Definitely a good one. I want to thank you so much for being here. This was a great conversation. And just remind people, well, how about this? Because I gave everyone the links in the beginning. Tell us one place, just one place where you want everyone to go and check you out. Yeah, I'd say either my Facebook page or YouTube channel that I'm very active putting videos up on both of those. And the handle for each is Awaken with JP. Great. And where can we find your book? It is on Amazon. It's in you know, Barnes and Nobles. It's, yeah, those are probably the best places, most predictable places to find it. Yes. Well, I had to ask, but I'm assuming people would know to, where to find it. I just had to ask. It would be funny if someone's like, I, I have no idea where to buy a book. What, what do I do? <laughs> I do I go no to the idea. post office for that? Maybe. You could try. You could try. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. And I wish you the best of luck on the rest of your book tour. And it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Same with me, Lauren Jean. You're an absolute delight. Thank you for having me. Thank you, too. You are also a delight. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you got tons of useful information out of the show today. If you want to grab the resources and links that you have heard in the show, you can go to the blogcast section on my website at thelaurengene.com. Or if you just want to listen to the Pretty Pod Player, you can check out the podcast tab on the website. Again, that's www.thelaurengene.com. Talk to you guys next week.